Okay, hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Break It Down for Brackens podcast. Today we have Jamie. Hello. Jamie's going to talk to us about Bros and Bras, Girls on the Run, all kinds of fun things she's working on. So let's just go ahead and get started. Jamie, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Where do you want to start? How did we meet? When did you find Bros and Bras? Tell me that story, please. Wow. So how old is Bros and Bras? Six years? Six. Something like that. So, and I know Freedom's Run is the flagship event. Um, so I guess it was that fall after the first kind of Freedom's Run that um, Bros and Bras was like officially at. I was working with uh, Vanessa Stolarski. It was um, January. And it was January. I'd been working with her for about a year and mm. she had introduced me to running and Warrior Dash and kind of fitness. I ended fitness later, like in my late 30s. Um, so anyway, so I've been, you know, working with her at, at CrossFit and, and but even before that, she had a special fitness class that she did on the mountain. And so she was like, hey, there's this new group, new running group forming. And since I'd been running, she was like, hey, you might be interested. They're having a social event at Skybox. Do you want to go with me? And I was like, yeah, sure, we'll go. So we went and it was you and Jenny, I think Bill and Miyuki uh, and a couple other people. There were only about eight or 10 of us there. And so I was like, okay. Checked out the website, um, was still a little intimidated because I got the middle of the back of the pack athletes, but none of you looked like middle and back of the pack athletes. So I was like, I was a little skeptical, I guess. I guess I might, I might have attended some runs um, that winter, but I don't run in the cold. So it was probably farmer's market runs I would have done on Saturday mornings. What, um, do you remember, so would that have been in spring, I guess? Yeah. Because we had, we had our big grand opening like this first weekend of January. And I bet, I mean, I knew I was still at CrossFit, but I bet that I um, <clears throat> probably had a social going into February. So it probably yeah. was the social then, and it wasn't was as big as the it. first social, because the first social, we almost crashed Skybox, which oh, is a wow. restaurant slash bar at the casino in Charlestown. And um, Bros and Bras just came in there, and we barely knew each other for the most part, but we just started moving all the tables on our own. Like, we didn't ask permission. We just made this huge, long <laughs> 15 people on each side of the table, maybe more, and we oh, just took wow. the whole place over. It was awesome. Um, and then we probably had a follow-up social, which is the one you probably came to, and we it wasn't as good as the first one. Okay. Because that's the way things go. But that's cool. How did So Vanessa told you about it. What was your first impression besides... We looked fit, which, I mean, it was me and Bill. And, I mean, fitness is always relative, but, you know, so how how did you feel about it? Um, I don't know. I felt good. Uh, Chris Baker was at the uh, original social, and I always feel better when I know someone. So, because uh, I, I didn't, because Vanessa had told me she was on the fence whether or not she was going to be joining, but since she wasn't running, she was doing CrossFit. And so she was like, but you're running more, so I think you should do it. And so having someone that you knew from before, that always helps me to get in. So And being a part of a group establishes uh, like uh, accountability. You're like, well, I know it's happening, so I should go. Yeah. But I still don't want to go. But yeah, I'll go. Well, everybody else is going to go. Let's see how it is. Like Ac one of those deals. Accountability is a big thing for me. And, you know, Vanessa loves to tell me this still to this day. I said, Vanessa, I'm not a joiner. When she, when she told me about it, I'm like, I'll go to the social, but I'm not a joiner, and you know that. And here we are six years later. <laughs> and when she sees me post stuff, so occasionally she'll text me and she'll say, remember when you said you weren't a joiner? Right. 
and now you've been hanging for years. Um, your first run, do you remember that? With a group? Yeah, with a group. I think it was a it was I, I want to say Keeps and Crowns. The oh, really? It's like a race, yeah? Yeah. And Keeps and Crowns, that was a costume one? Yeah. That like was superheroes, right? Yep. Oh. That was fun. <laughs> that was so fun. Um, or it might have been Veteran. Possible. Might have been a veteran. I don't actually remember the first couple runs. I, I veteran did. was in the fall, like November. No, that Capes was the and March Crowns one. was in the spring. Oh, veteran was March. March. So that's actually you're talking about going into year two or three, actually. Year two. Year two. Yeah, because we were doing a lot of five. We were producing five Ks back then. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So, uh, what have been some, um, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Have you reached your goals? What have, have you broken any of the goals or, or um, things you set out to do? There were things when I started. I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, run five k's. I'll be the five k queen, and that was that was what I was gonna do. It's a strong move just to be the five k. And I was like, that's what I'm gonna do, right? I'm a sprinter. I'm not a distance runner. I mean, half marathon, forget it. You try to talk me into a Ragnar for about two years, hmm. I think. You're like, hey, so there's this race. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. How long is it? And I think I looked up the distances and I was like, I'm not running 16 miles over three legs. Forget it. No, I'm not a distance person. And somewhere along the line, I was like, huh, I wonder what the Freedoms 10K would be like. And so I did the 10K. And I was like, huh. And I would seriously giving some thought to Ragnar and then I injured my back. And so I had like a six month period where I was rehabbing from back surgery and, and stuff like that and running. And I had to start basically all over again from mile one. That sucks. That did suck. And, you know, I didn't have the benefit at the time of knowing like a Bergman or a Scott or someone that could have probably corrected my back problem without surgery. I didn't find out about that until, you know, later, like after the surgery happened. So, um, but no, it was fine. So then I built back up and then I was like, okay, so let's do this Ragnar thing you're talking about. <laughs> Which one was your first one? Richmond, three years ago. How'd it go? It was awesome. Describe it. It was so hot. It was so hot. You know, we trained in all weather conditions. I remember I trained with Jack all that winter, and I don't like running in the cold. And we were at the 8 a.m. runs. We ran at night April, in right? the park. It was, it was late April. April yeah. We had run through snow, cold, wind, rain. The only thing we couldn't train for, heat and humidity, because it hadn't been hot. And we get down there, and it is like 90 degrees with 98% humidity. There are no showers at Ragnar, <laughs> Richmond. Is that so, the one where it was raining pollen? Was it Jack's first Ragnar also? Yes. Oh, and man. it was raining pollen everywhere. There was a storm Thursday. That was also the first year they allowed you to camp Thursday night. So we were all sitting there. There was a storm. I think it was Daryl's tent got like... <laughs> Just drenched. His tent always gets drenched. Uh, <laughs> I like get out of my tent. I was sharing the tent with, with two other people and I like ran out of my tent just because I needed air. <laughs> yeah. It's like two in the morning. The team dynamic is pretty crazy. We need um, how all that works, working yeah. with different people on a team. Uh, so so how, how'd, the, how'd the legs go? Drinking a lot of water and it being so humid on my night loop, I could see my breath. It wasn't cold. It was just that, that humid. humid. Wow. And I think that was like the most trained I was for that. And I remember being nervous and I remember Daryl looking at me saying, get your mind right. You're fine. 
And I was like, okay, I think I got this. And awesome. I fell in love with it. So It's like a Jamie whisperer. <laughs> Get your mind right. Get your mind right. You got this. Um, so I've done Richmond twice. I really want to do Appalachia, but uh, Appalachia and I have a history. Right. <laughs> Tell me about it. So I was training, um, and I got on a team for Appalachia. Basically, it was six months after my first Richmond. And a week before we leave, my daughter was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and was in the hospital. So clearly I was not going anywhere. And I was like, okay. Uh, luckily, I think Laura and Jenny and a couple other people ran my loops for me that year. Uh, tried again in 2018. I was like, uh-uh, you don't beat me, Ragnar. And then I developed a stress fracture and plantar fasciitis in my left foot. Couldn't train. So I did a volunteer, and then I found Bacon, who took my spot. So I think that's why he calls me Miyagi uh, oh to this day. So last year I was like, nope, not doing it. It's it's clearly got it in for me, so I'm not even going to try. So I didn't go last year. I didn't try last year. And then then there was the captain's team calling for 2020, and I was like, oh, I got to do that. And now we have COVID, which has canceled all of our Ragnars. Oh, yeah. You ain't got to tell me how many Ragnars is <laughs> canceled. Oh, I, no, yeah. I only got to do one of the 12 I registered and paid for. Oh, I have a second one. Me, me and... Oh, no, yeah, we have one. It hasn't canceled bourbon yet, have they? I don't, I don't know. I haven't heard that they've canceled bourbon. But there's one you can do for me in between. What's that? So there's a virtual Ragnar. It's happening the 19th, 20th, and 21st of June. They have partnered with the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation oh, okay. to raise money for uh, type 1 diabetes research, and it is a virtual Ragnar. So the team, I'm I'm captaining the Bros and Bras Hits Type 1 Diabetes in the Mouth team. What? That's awesome. Yes. You can have up to 36 people in this virtual Ragnar. I've got, last count, I have eight on the team signed up. How many miles? Uh, 200. 200 miles. 200 miles. Divide by, divide by eight. That's. All right. I'm going to get more. Okay. My goal is to, I'd love to have 36 of you uh, sign up. That's five and a half miles per person. Gotcha. What's the uh, fee? There is no fee. It's free. There is when you register. Uh, stu- they talk about fundraising. I am not fundraising. I've set an ambitious goal that I'm going to reduce. Um, it's It's COVID. <laughs> I can't ask people for money right now. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. But, you know. Any entrepreneuring businesses that are making money that want to fundraise, that want to give us money, I'll take money. Nice. And it's raising money for who again? Uh, the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Nice. Type 1 Diabetes. And they've partnered with? Ragnar. Ragnar. Yep. That's really interesting. And it has to happen on those particular three days. It does have to happen on those three days. But, you know, uh, the, since it's virtual, participants can be from across the country. I ran the uh, LA, Southern California Ragnar virtually. Nice. So I woke up in the morning early and knocked out a six-miler. Then around two in the afternoon, knocked out a five-miler. And then the next morning, I knocked out a three-miler or something like that. Is that how it is? Or is it? do you have to do it in a particular order? Nope. Whenever you get up, whenever you want to run them, it starts, I want to say, around 8 on the 19th, ends at 4 p.m. June 21st. That's really cool. I'm thinking... About seeing if I can, if, if enough people are local and interested in getting together to do like a sort of like a Ragnar tent type thing that we would do for like an Appalachia or Richmond. Um, 
there's a couple air places in the area I'm looking into maybe setting up a canopy and a banner. It's pretty cool. If people want to get together. The um, were you on that hash course over by Black Dog recently? The I one was that, the not. The one that Tom set I, up. Yeah, I didn't do that hash. You could do three courses right there. Really. You could do out to Curry Road and back on road. You could do the Curry Road loop if you wanted to, including over towards Iron Musket, CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Or you could do heading out on the westerly towards the jail. You go that way, out and back for a, a loop. Yep. But the course that um, that Tom set, I don't know if it was private property. I don't know <laughs> what the deal was, but it was incredible trail running. So that would be a really good place. And then you're right there at a central location like Black Dog. You can come and go and park. I you might. can almost... And say, hey, look, we're going to be running our Ragnar between the hours of 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. If you want to come knock out the miles with us. And then I might have to talk to Jennifer and Brian about that because they might they might let us use the uh, some of the parking lot for that. Yeah, man. Or just sit up, park there and then take a canopy over to the trail. Yeah. In your coolers. Too. Who's going to stop you? Yeah, nobody. Forget about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, forget about it. So that's a really great thing. That's really great. Yeah. Um. I think I would like to be involved in that. So just keep keep me in the loop on that for sure. All right. Hit me up if you want the link. Anybody that's watching. Um, yeah. I'll post it publicly. How does somebody get a hold of you? They can text me. No. no. They can Facebook me. Yeah. They email you or Facebook yeah, you. Yeah. They can Facebook me. Under what name? Uh, Jamie Cashel. Spell it. C-A-S-H-E-L-L. And that's how spelled Jamie. J A M I. There's oh. only one of me in Harper's Ferry, so. Bingo. So that's how you find her for more information. And we'll put that in the uh, show notes also, because awesome. there are runners in groups all over West Virginia and Virginia that probably listen to this podcast. So you might get some remote people awesome. who want to sign up. But I know we can. We, we also should be digging into bros and bras a little bit because I'm not paying enough attention to what's happening on the social media and bros and bras that I don't know about it. All right. So I actually did post on Bros and Bras page, but I find it's a lot better to ask people individually. So I've been sending out a lot of things on Facebook Messenger. Um, if you haven't gotten one, you probably will. If right. I know you and I think you want to run. Because you're running anyway. Just give me your miles. Do you get Bill, really you get Bill involved yet? Not yet. He's very He's easy to peer pressure. Yes. So hit him up for sure. And Miyuki. She's a better runner than he is. <laughs> It'll be her I saw first... they, they went like 13 miles yesterday. Isn't that her first Ragnar? It would be, I think. Oh, my. I don't know. All right, cool. Well, let's talk about what you're doing with um, Girls on the Run. Explain that organization for me. Sure. So, and I got to disclaim, I am not an official spokesperson for Girls on the Run. I am a volunteer coach. Do they have official spokespeople? They actually do. Really? Um, does, Bros and Bras, does Bros and Bras have official spokespeople? I think so, but no, not really. No. <laughs> Just tell us about this cool organization. So man. it's a cool organization. It gives um, leadership skills to girls in third and fifth grade, and then they have a heart and soul program for middle school age kids. Leadership skills. Describe that for me. Uh, so it's, um, it's conflict resolution. It's relationship building. It's teaching the girls how to communicate how they feel without in a healthy way, so not bullying, not name-calling, um, not, you know, any of this online stuff that girls like to do to one another. Um, you know, trying to teach them effective communication skills, mentoring skills. Because when you have kids, when you have girls that are third to fifth grade, there's a you wouldn't think there's a big age disparity there, but that is a big time of growth for, for girls, and there's a lot of disparity. 
I've noticed in just the three um, sessions that I've coached. And you watch them pair up the older girls to kind of mentor the younger ones. Or they'll run together. They'll practice together. Because the, the skills are um, taught or they're, they're, you know, talked about. And then it's, it's combined with a running training for a 5K. So there's two 5Ks, one in the spring, one in the fall. Uh, depending on the school, uh, you know, and when the program is run, ours have been winter programs that lead to the spring 5k. Describe, uh, the training session and how, um, the coaching and mentoring of that age range, how does it kind of unfold during a session and how often are those sessions? Uh, sessions are twice a week. Uh, and right, Denny, that's the school that I volunteer with. That's right here. Yeah. That's local. I thought you were going all the way to Winchester. No. Girls on the Run of the Shenandoah Valley has a presence in many schools. Depends on the level of um, participation by these. The there has to be a teacher on site that can like lead the lessons, the head coach, yeah, and parent volunteers or community volunteers. Oh wow, that's really cool. I had no idea it was this close. Mm-hmm. There, it's in three or four schools in the county. Are you trying to get more bros and bras participation? Since I don't, I don't actively work with the non with the Girls on the Run of the Shenandoah Valley. I don't personally, but I've I've told, um, yeah, I've told the Allison that she should reach out. Cool, yeah. Because Bergman does it in Winchester. She volunteers. I that think. must be who I was thinking about in Winchester. See, I figured yeah. you were affiliated with her over there. Mm-mm. No, okay, no, so it's right I here learned. In town. I learned about Girls on the Run uh, when my daughter was in third grade because they had a program at that time at Blue Ridge, which is where my daughter was going to school. And she, I said, do you want to sign up? And she was like, yes. And I was working in Northern Virginia at the time, so I didn't have the capacity to coach at that point. But I did run the 5K with her. Uh, so we did that. It was really fun. It was one of the two 5Ks I was able to get my daughter to run with me. Where was the 5K? Um, uh, Jim Barnett Park, Winchester. That's where the 5Ks are. Nice. How many um, organizations like this are there? How many girls in the runs are there like around? Any idea? Like, no. Like pretty much uh, any any given town or Yeah, pretty much. It's uh it's I wanna say international. Cool. Well nice. And then uh, what do you have coming up with that outfit? Uh we I just completed the virtual five K. COVID locked everything down and so the um girls in the run of the Shenandoah Valley did a virtual five K. So we had a week to do it. It was May 9th through the sixteenth. So And how long do you train for that? Uh, three months is the program. The average length of program is about three and a half months for the Does girls. Does it cost money? Yes, but there is a scholarship program. So if you want to donate money for a girl in need that maybe can't afford the entry fee, uh, they do have that. That's really cool. Uh, do you know what the approximate cost is? I want to say it's like 35 bucks, but that's race registration. So I'm not sure for three the cost months, possibly. for the class. Okay. Don't quote us on that, people. Yes. Don't quote me. We're just spitballing here. Um, so how many students are you seeing at Wright Denny take, or how many participants are you seeing? We're limited to about 12 or 15 um, participants per session, and we usually max out. And we'll have a couple of girls drop, so we'll usually get about 10 to 12 that finish the program. Where do you train? Uh, Wright Denny. Is a track there? No. So we run we run around the park, or if it's if the weather is inclement, we actually run inside the school. The hallways. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's really good. Yes. What park are you talking about? Jefferson Park, right Jefferson over here. Jefferson Park. So oh. during the teacher strike, I was coaching, and since the schools were closed, we did uh, get permission to train. So we did train at the park. 
What did you have to do to become a coach? I basically contacted Allison uh, through Girls on the Run of the Shenandoah Valley and said, hey, I'd like to coach. Allison And who? there's uh, Allison Major, I think is her name. She's a teacher. Uh, she's No, she is the coordinator for volunteer coordinator for Girls on the Run of the Shenandoah Valley. Which I is ask the a lot of questions. Okay. No, I, I get that. Okay. So Allison is running Girls on the Run in the Shenandoah Valley. Who is the teacher point of contact over there at Wright Denny? Uh, my teacher contact was Leslie Slover. Okay. So what you do is you go on the website, you fill out an application, they do a background check, basic background check, and then you pick the schools that you want to coach work at, at yeah. or you want to coach at, and they pair you up with the head coach for that school. And she'll set the schedules because uh, we're volunteers. Not all of us can be there twice a week. Some of us can be, like, I only coach on Wednesdays. Are you faster than the girls? Some. Some. some of them, some of those girls are fast. Yeah. They just like zip around that track. And, you know, you have the ones that, that don't want to run all the time and you have the ones that don't really want to move a lot. And, and, you know, my philosophy on coaching them is as long as you're moving, you're not fine. You're not sedentary. So I dance, walk, skip. I don't care. Just move. That's great. What do you have coming up, though? Any, any, when's the next 5K, or is it on hold because of COVID or it whatever? It would probably and... be on hold until the schools, the school districts decide what they're doing in the fall. Right. Um, if there is a program, we did continue virtually um, when the schools shut down. So if the schools have to open virtually in the fall, I'm sure there'll be a virtual program. Can you imagine? Of course, you can imagine you're in this. I can't imagine <laughs> signing up to do a run and then... Forcing you to to train with people, mm-hmm. and then I know I'm not going to do it. I'm very unmotivated right now because of COVID. All my races got canceled. Whatever, wah. And right now, I don't feel like training for anything because I don't know what's going to happen for racing. But if I was in third to fifth grade, I'd be oh, like, yeah. Oh, you're, so you're saying running is homework now? <laughs> I would. I wouldn't be doing it. But well, that's cool. Um. Let's switch back to um, bros. What was on your race docket this year? What were your plans? Oh, wait, you were injured too, right? I was injured last year. You, but you're coming back up now. I have Yes, I spent the majority of last summer again battling plantar fasciitis in the right leg instead of the left. So that was awesome. I found some really good uh, PT that worked for me that I didn't give up on. And uh, so I was back. And I'm back pain-free running. My base is about six miles right now. Pain-free running. Yes. I love it. Not many people, really, not many people can say that they can do pain-free running. It's a real art. It, it, and, it, and it requires, you know, I've graduated from physical therapy kind of after the Berkeley, the Berkeley County. Um, 5K. Christmas. 5K, yeah. Christmas 5K. Because I was able to run that in under 30 minutes with no pain. Bam. And so my physical therapist, I went back the next week and she's like, yeah, you're done. We're done here. You have graduated. I have graduated. So I kept up with the running, of course, um, but not at a accelerated training pace. I am doing Look, what, what are you training good for? for me. Yeah, I'm not training for anything yeah. right now. I was going to do Harper's Ferry half. Mm-hmm. Um, I had not registered, but once COVID hit, I tanked my training for that. I was up to seven miles in the ferry and I was like, well... Can't do that now. Um, my Girls on the Run 5K was canceled. That was disappointing, but I still ran that virtually. I can um, see that working the first time, <clears throat> running it virtually. I mean, yeah. I, will I do it again? Hmm. No, I mean for the kids. Oh, like, yeah. Like, okay, yeah, I, I signed up for it, and yeah. I trained for it. But 
It's homework. <laughs> it's homework. Running now. is homework. Um, so Harper's Ferry half. Did you go out there and mess around virtually? I like on the course. No, but when I was training for it, I was running what parts of the course I knew, which was basically Shoreline Drive into the into the ferry and up Washington Street. Okay. Which sucked. Well, yeah, it's not a super <laughs> not technical. Easy. Actually, it is a pretty technical course. Yeah. It zips down around those that little bridge and that steep climb. That's a really interesting race. I like the 5K at Harper's Ferry Half because I'm a racer. I That's, love to race. I don't like cross country, and in that field, yeah, I'm like, oh, I know. No. I love it. I love it because the race ends before the end of the race. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about there. So. In Harper's Ferry, there's a 5K, and it's much. It's it's actually the prequel of the. It's the first three miles of the of the half, of the half marathon. So you do ten more miles additionally in downtown um, Harper's Ferry. But what's great about the 5K is that you know it's a nice little downhill start for about a tenth of a mile, and then it turns onto whatever that road is. Long, flat road. And I mean, boring is a mug, except you're running around people. And within the first half a mile, you've started to settle into your pace groups. And you know uh-huh. when you're going too fast. And you know when you're going too slow. And then slowly you pick your way farther and farther forward. Or people start to die off. Or you start to die off. But before long, you drop into um, a small downhill into a battlefield, which has a nice rolling... A grass climb but the thing you don't think about is april right mm-hmm. the april 8 a.m morning cooking the dew off the grass literally is a soup of humidity <laughs> just coming up out of the grass and you yep. it's amazing how you can feel yourself breathing water excuse me i think my dog just came up <laughs> he's a burping okay the puppies are adorable. Yeah, I got new puppies because I'm crazy. Anyhow. What was I saying? Oh, so on this climb of the Harper's Ferry 5K, <clears throat> you're on a cross-country course. You're kind of just doing some rolling here, and there's a long flat and a little bit of a ridge run, but it's all kind of open space. And if there's no, bree- if there's no bridge, then there's... Um, it's just hot and nasty. And before you hit mile two, you are sopping wet. It's amazing how hot I it is. I wore my long-sleeved exoskin shirt from that 5K three <laughs> years ago. That was miserable. Yeah, that's terrible. That was terrible. But what's really cool about this race, and I'm going to give away the secret right now, if any of you racers are listening. <clears throat> Once you come off of the battlefield part, which is the grass part, you drop into... um that long flat road again off of that road you turn right for the final one-third of a mile maybe a half mile and it's all dirt road climb your race (laughs) your race ends at the bottom of that hill because it's so steep and it's not dramatically steep but it knocks the crap out of you because you're overheated whoever gets to the bottom of that hill no more passings happening after that, unless you're totally wiped out. But basically, or unless you're a real badass. If you're a badass, you're already in the front anyways. So those of us that are moderately badass or moderately trying to race and take souls out there and hurt feelings, 
you got to race to the bottom of that hill. And whoever gets there first <clears throat> has it. And I love that for racing. The same thing with the, have you done the Freedoms Run Half Marathon? Yes. You have? I have. So that race is, um, that race <laughs> starts in Sharpsburg. No, it ends in Sharpsburg. It's uh, no. Okay. Here's why. The last 5K starts in and Sharpsburg. Sharpsburg. So all those hills and the time on the canal was all prequel. Right. Whoever gets to Sharpsburg on that one little climb coming out of Sharpsburg, you then have that, what everybody calls the no man's land. It's so boring because there's nothing to see. Oh, it was miserable. No, screw that, man. That's where the race <laughs> freaking starts. That's where you go. That I, I've never run it. I've never run the half. I've run the really? full twice. Oof. And I've run like the 5K couple times but the um when i do go to run that half i will race the last five three miles like i'm not that you mail in the first part then you race the last three miles that is the loneliest two miles of race just like daryl said i'm telling you it's, it's, i know get your head straight get your head straight but after after you go through antietam and there's people and then you go through sharpsburg and there's people and mimosas if you're fast enough that's right um i was not fast enough <laughs> scooter i think was fast enough for the most nice um yeah she did my last training run with me when we were when i was training for that we did 11 miles on that saturday like the week before um and she still finished like way ahead of me it's okay anyway, man no one um, no one's judging this but group. you know you, you have people in sharpsburg and everyone's cheering and then you get on on whatever that road that is and they don't stop it for traffic. So there's traffic. And at this point, you're all spread out, right? Nobody, you know, you're not catching anyone. Nobody's catching you. Um, and you see the marathoners. And then you see yourself. And, and it's just this lonely. Yeah. Until you hit Shepherdstown. And then it's like, oh, there's people Once yet. you can see that bridge, it's awesome. Oh, then it's awesome. Yeah, that was Was awesome. I there with my megaphone when you were coming through? <laughs> no. I have a... Uh... I have my megaphone usually. Yeah. It depends on where I am on the course, but usually I'm hollering. So what I remember about Freedom's Half was Devin, Kilt Guy. I didn't know Devin oh, at yeah. the time, but I called him Kilt Guy. And I followed him through Shepherdstown. I was like, oh, we're kind of pacing. I realized on the canal we were kind of pacing the same. So I was like, I'm just going to follow Kilt Guy, and then I'll know that I'll be, you know, fine on my pacing. And then you get to Miller Sawmill where they have all the Portageons, and that's where the marathon course meets the half, and you go up. Right. And of course, there's always a line for the porta potties. So I waited there for about five minutes and went, "No, screw this!" And I knew there happened to be construction on Miller Sawmill, and I knew where there was another one up the up the hill. I was like, "Okay, let's do the hill." So I was still pacing with Devin on Miller Sawmill, and then I went over to the Porta John. I lost him, and I was like, "Oh, he's way ahead of me." Like whatever. And then I saw Sarah Schaefer Rations Cafe. Sarah. Yeah. I saw her boys, and so I paced with the boys through the battlefield. Oh, they were running. Yeah, Savage. they were running the half. That's awesome. They're like thirteen. I yeah, at the time that yeah, they were like fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. Um, so they were running. So I paced with them for a while, talked to them for a while, and I saw Sarah right before the finish. I think she was having foot problems. Not really sure. But I passed her, and then I went in. And then so we were waiting for people to come back, you know, to run more people in that weren't in yet. And there goes Devin. Like I thought Devin was way ahead. He was way behind me. At some point, he had gotten behind me, and I was like, there's Kilt Guy. That's awesome. <laughs> and I think I met Devin, like, I don't know, it was months later, and I was like, 
you're a kilt guy. And I explained like the whole thing and he laughed. So that's, um, that's like a surprise win. Like, oh, yeah. I beat somebody that I th- thought beat me. That's the best. Uh, I think I should run the Freedoms Run half sometime because, and I really should do it and just train for that last 5K. Probably. Like that, that's my, that is my, I mean, I'm a racer at heart. I see tactics. I see strategy. I see psychological intimidation. You know, I, lo- I love it. Like, sometimes, and I love how this is being recorded, sometimes when I'm racing <laughs> Jenny, which Jenny is so, back in the day, she was really fast, and I was on her tail somewhat. Like, I could mess with her a little bit. Now she's wicked fast. But back when I would race with her, I would do these things like, race for the birds or some other race or like at Sam Michaels where I know the course really well. Yeah. We'd be coming up to a field with a turn and I'd be 40 meters behind her at like mile two, which means I'm still in striking range unless she turns it on. And I can tell she's running casually, but the turn does this where you can turn and then look to your right to see who's behind you casually checking your six I know she's going to do that. She doesn't have to, <laughs> but I know she's going to do that. So as we're running up this hill, it's a very it's not that steep. It's just no. long enough. But when you turn this way, you can kind of scan because the course, course does like a U shape at that section. You can scan all of who's behind you and see who might attack. And she's not aggressive racer like that, but I know she's going to look over her shoulder. I would, because I'm, I'm a tactician, I would break hard to the left way 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 left so that as she turned i start turning with her and she'd have to really crank her neck around to actually put eyes on me additionally at the start sometimes i'll wear a second shirt so people who might be targeting me are looking for the yellow shirt but they'll take it off me wearing a red tank top so you can't quite pick up when bracken's is chasing you down and frankly i'm not even that fast i just like to race like in my own head ah I just like to race. So that's why I think Freedom's Run 5K would be, I mean, the half marathon. It's kind of go mail in that first, all that hill work, terribleness. And then it all comes down to how tough are you coming out of Sharpsburg yeah. when everybody's like, oh, it's lonely. Oh, no, I'm I didn't running. know I, it was. It was. It's lonely. And, and <laughs> I got to run on all this pavement and there's cars going by. Like, that's where you just put the hammer down like if i hit that bridge and i have energy i did it wrong that's how i but that's my jam i don't know I let's always, go let's go back to your races though i race to attack at the end yeah so i won't generally have a lot of kills until the last quarter half mile when i turn it on and i remember in the shoot i passed two people on Whoa. freedom's half in the shoot nice. i know they were mad that's disrespectful <laughs> no, that's so like, disrespectful. no you do it i love it yeah i love it i'm just saying that's a racer. That's good. <laughs> because she's taking those souls. I love it. What um so how did PT fix you to be race ready this spring? Um it was just a lot of a lot of, actually a lot of core. Uh some back work, but it was a lot of learning how to move to engage the right muscle groupings and what muscle groupings to stay that need to stay limber in order for the tightness not to occur in your feet. I saw you doing kind of yeah, I of... saw you doing a lot of mobility. Yeah. And some people would say that too much mobility is too much. Did you find a balance or were you just 
just doing a ton of mobility. I, I still do a ton of mobility. And now with COVID, not nearly as much as I should. Um, but I need to get back into it again just because I know like my Achilles. Are you naturally prone to tightening up? Yes. My Achilles are naturally tight. My calves are naturally tight. That's going to mess with the structure of the foot. Is that what doctors told you? Yes. Naturally tight? So. My Achilles is, yeah. It stays okay. that way. So I do a lot of foam rolling uh, in my Achilles and my calves. I do a lot of stretching exercises with both of those. Have you done like the foot strengthening? Yep. That sort of but, stuff? Um, I went to Two Rivers and I did the, you know, the, the little mat thing that they had yeah. in there that one day to yeah. see how your foot strength is. Kent was the only one with stronger feet than me. Wow. That okay. particular day. Because I, I'm not in shoes at home at all. Right. So. <clears throat> cool. So, what do you think was the solution to the injury or pain? Sticking with it. So just I've cons- been through this before, <clears throat> and I knew kind of sort, you know, loosely what I would have to do, but it was actually doing it. That's interesting. But once you fall into the routine of what you have to do, whether it's rolling your feet on like a cross ball certain patterns on your calves mm-hmm. <clears throat> did you find you had really tight hamstrings pulling on your calves pulling up it's adductors for me not hamstrings adductors yeah they stay tight huh is that from driving and commuting probably yeah because i'm a desk jockey i sit at a desk all day yeah and i i get a lot of pain from i do a ton of driving yeah so i get a lot of pain from in my adductors also which kind of ties into my hamstrings mm-hmm. <clears throat> So I was able to ditch the commute a couple years ago, so that was awesome. Nice. Let's go back to pain-free running. Um, have you noticed that when you're running, because I, I, I'm very proud to be a pain-free runner. Mm-hmm. I can be running for two minutes. No, forget it. Let's say, I'm, let's say I did zero warm-up, zero stretching, zero mobility. When I go out and I run, about three quarters of a mile in, I get all fluidy. Like everything's everything's going fine. In the beginning, I look like a like I'm made <laughs> of stone. I'm like uh, uh, I'm shuffling. It's really ugly, but eventually, all the juices get flowing and my form hits a certain point. It's at that point that I can kind of play with my pace. I can attack. I can chase. Like I use Amber a lot. I'll let her get really ahead of me in a training run. And then I'll see how long it's going to take me to catch her. Mm-hmm. And if she looks back and sees me coming hard, I don't catch her because she's faster <laughs> no, than me she's also. Fast. Do you hear me, Amber? You're faster now. Whatever. And um, But have you ever noticed in pain-free running where all of a sudden your right knee hurts? And you're like, what is that? And if you've really dialed it in, you can actually change your form a tiny bit and it take comes back to pain-free. Have you done that yet? You don't understand the mantra that has to go through my head whenever I start running. Yeah. it's it's you know heels are my heels down because that's another part of what was causing my issues is that i tend to run on i'm a, i'm i strike right like i strike with the mid calf but i don't put my heel all the way down um so it's constantly it's heel down glutes engaged core engaged back straight lean forward and i will never i'm convinced i'm never going to get that forward lean down ever unless i'm running on a hill i cannot do it and i've tried for years yeah. So there's this constant thing that I am doing in my head to make sure that my form is good because then I'll start having like, why does this calf hurt? Why does this knee hurt? Okay, I have to stop. 
reset, walk for a minute, reset the form, start again. Remember that day at the farmer's market, you were running up the hill, literally, right there, uh-huh. and you were really pissed off. I was. Because I was you were in so day. much pain. And we both took our shoes off and ran the last half mile, and it was perfect. It was. Do you do any drills like that where you actually go skin the pavement? I do these. I will occasionally run in my uh, shamas, but not not completely bare feet. There's too much gravel where I live. Well, yeah, where you live, sure. Yeah. But downtown, I'd encourage you, it will reset It'll reset, it'll reset everything. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, because your body won't let it hurt itself. Right. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> In my mind, the body won't let it hurt itself. Well, when you're a champion of poor decisions, <laughs> that might impact your decision making. <laughs> right. Well, cool. Um, so what other races did you have on the docket this year? Ones that you were thinking of before COVID busted everything up. So there was Harpers Ferry Half. There was Ragnar Appalachia. It was maybe Freedom's That's a, that's a captain's team. Tell us what the model is on that. I'm the captain now. So I guess we've got a lot of us now that have been, that have captained a Ragnar. And it was Bacon who hasn't actually ever captained a team. I know. Who decided he was going to make a team of captains. And so he got eight of us to agree. I had retired from Ragnar's team. and he wrote me back in. You've retired like, what, 14 times now? Yeah, quite a few times. Um, yeah. So... That's the joke. When you say you're retired, I'm like, Kevin will be at Ragnar. Don't worry about it. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm the captain now. I'm also the captain our, now. Yeah. No. I'm the captain now. Yes. So, that's the that's the, that's the the play on, on the team. And um, as you say, no judgment, no expectations, except at Ragnar. And it's, uh, and it's oh, all we don't, we, don't, do we, we don't necessarily say it, <laughs> like, on a recorded device. But Okay. The club, Bros and Bras, is a no judgment, no expectations, except on Ragnar. Ragnar is our war party. You don't go to Ragnar unless you're trained for running combat. And it's not even that serious. It's just scary. And it carries a bunch of lore. And so much can go wrong. Just like Jamie was saying, we oh. train and train and train. How, how is Richmond? Yeah. How is Richmond like 100 degrees and in West Virginia it's 65 and the, the humidity and the pines, and then because of the pollen in the air that year. That sucked. It, it rained pollen on the first night where it would land on your eyelashes and on your clothes and be a film of pollen all over you. And the entire encampment of a thousand runners is just coughing pollen all over the place. Only get hit with a freaking rainstorm the very next, that night when you're yeah. sleeping, when it won't, won't help at all. <laughs> no. And then you wake up steamy. Oh, I remember praying on my night loop. I was like, please let it rain tonight. Please, please, please. I was just miserable. Mm-hmm. And then the following year, it was cold. Like like the last couple That's of right. years, it was not that warm. And we glamped. My team glamped that That's second right. year. And um, yeah, I was like sleeping on a cot. And I was like all like hoodie and blanket. And That's I was right. still cold. I, I, we stopped counting two, two and a half years ago, but I believe we've had over 80 or 90 individuals do Ragnar. Oh, at least. Yeah. yeah we've, we've captained, I think last count, somewhere in the 30s. I believe I, it. I have forgotten how many. I think I've done 13 or 14 Ragnars myself, wow. but it's a really great experience. It's a really great race model. If you're not trying to do obstacle racing, if you're not trying to do ultra, 
if you're not if but if but 5k's are too easy and maybe a trail 10k seems like fun this is right in the middle it's perfect for bros because you have to take it a little bit serious because it will bust you up and no matter how prepared you think you are something will go wrong one of the most prepared my ultra with I did with Mario and oh, yeah. Daryl and Caroline and Jack was our our uh, camp manager I remember on the way there, I was here, and I got something in my eye. I was the most trained of any Ragnar ever, and I got, like, a piece of metal or something in my I eye. That. I had to go to, like, urgent care, yeah. get it flushed. <laughs> something will go wrong at Ragnar, no matter what. Um, but, yeah, I have re- I have retired because it's, it's uh, just on so many of them. Just trying to get out of it. Jenny loves busting up my sound editing. Well, I'm excited for Bourbon Chase. I was going to do it last year with the Bros and Bros team that went. And then because the plantar fasciitis derailed everything, I was unable to train. And at the last minute, I think Tom needed one more person to drive a van and I couldn't get the time off work. I was so mad. I was so angry. So I was glad to get the opportunity to. um, Well, we're both on the same team and we're racing with our sister team, Beer Inspection Bureau out of Lovettsville, which is a team that Bill and I raced our second Ragnar in Atlanta with. They they like to party. Oh, I know. Way harder than we do, um, which is pretty hilarious. Kate and Nate used to be my neighbors. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I remember how hungover I was <laughs> the morning of the race in Atlanta. I just remember the sun coming in. And you want to talk about going from hot, from here to hot? Yeah. It was hot down there. And uh, it was a good time. So uh, besides the race, or before the, besides the captains, Ragnar and Bourbon Chase, what else did you have on docket? I didn't. I was focused on, I was having fun and doing Ragnars, and I was maybe thinking freedoms again. Right. I go back and forth with that a lot. I'm like, I could do another half. I could do freedoms again. Why would I want to do freedoms again? I want to do a different half marathon now. But um, I was, but no, I was going to, I was intentionally keeping the schedule light this year just to make sure that I could do and build miles safely in the way that I wanted to in a way that made sense for me. Cause training for freedoms, I did not find that easy. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to sell this to you. And for those no, of you listening you do and don't that and know, you get in my head and I'm going to do something dumb. No, no, no. I'm just going to say why it's important to do freedoms. Okay. Even the 5k because freedoms run is our version of the homecoming football game. Yes. Yes, it is. The concept of Bros and Bras was developed at the Freedoms Run race in Harper in Shepherdstown. And um, because we developed it six years ago or whatever it was, um, now we have a bar crawl mm-hmm. the night before yes. the race, which is bad for <laughs> everybody. The people who do the best at the bar crawl are the ones that didn't register for any of the exactly. events at the race. So the next morning is the race, and then we do... An after party, which the race puts on at the Bavarian. Then we do a formal yes. that night. Where did we go? We went to the barns, right? And everybody got swanky. We even had a... It was nice. We had a homecoming king and queen. Yes, we did. And the dancing and silliness and... They didn't even know we were coming. We kind of threw that together last minute with them, but they <laughs> handled it pretty good. They did. And then to wrap up a Bros and Bros homecoming, we then go to brunch... Sunday morning at uh, the casino. 
Which is the only place they can really handle a table right. of 30 mm-hmm. that just show up when you don't even know who's showing up. Did I miss anything? Mm-hmm. Bar crawl. Broomcoming. Bro- yeah, it's called Broomcoming. Broomcoming. Because we're such dorks. Brunch. Um, um, I did the 5K this year. I oh, was nice. still restricted, so I walked it. And um, that was good. I remember that. Yeah. yeah I saw you Maria. Yeah. We registered same day. Um, That's awesome. Found Sarah on the course and Susan. So Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Did she have that dog with her? Sarah? Yes. That's awesome. That little dog's a firecracker. I think we need to podcast that dog at some point. <laughs> um, well, cool. Well, Jamie, do, is there anything we didn't cover we need to talk about? Nope. I don't think so. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. Sure. Thanks for having me. Let's plug that um, virtual and uh, Girls in the Run. How do you get more information about Girls in the Run? So, goder.org. Um, you can search Goder. G-O-T-R. Thank Girls you. on the Run. Um, you can search by Google or gotr.org. Um, is the Ragnar uh, partnering with the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation for the virtual Ragnar in June? Bros and Bras punches type 1 diabetes in the mouth. <laughs> Contact me on Facebook. I will be personally messaging those of you that I do know that haven't signed up yet. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of us just don't know, and it's hard yes. to track things on social media. There's so much content going on. Um, anything else coming up? Hopefully the end of quarantine safely. I don't know. Yeah, Bros and Bras has put it to a poll when we should open back up and of the 100 or so people on the facebook group page 23 or 28 voted thanks for your support (laughs) so i think i'm not even sure for following your advice i think we're doing it even farther out but we will get back together you know when the time is right cool um i think that's it all right thanks All all right jamie thank you The intro and background music you're hearing today on the podcast is produced and written and performed by Peter Clark from his album Peter Clark After Dark. This song is actually called Finely Tanned Beer Guts. I used to have a beer cut. Sometimes it was tan. I don't know if it was finely tanned. It was definitely a hairy kind of tanned beer gut. But I don't really know much about why this song is named this or where he drew his inspiration but you can hear the full song on Peter Clark After Dark, which you can search on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.